Let us remain standing as we hear the gospel of the day found in John's gospel, the 13th chapter, beginning with verse 31, reading through verse 35. When Judas was gone, Jesus said, Now the human one has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God's been glorified in him, God will also glorify the human one in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you for a little while longer. You will look for me, but just as I told the Jewish leaders, I also tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you. So you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. This is the word of our Christ for us. Thanks be to God. You may be seated and let us join our hearts in prayer. May the words of my mouth, the thoughts and the meditations of each of our hearts, be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord, our rock, our redeemer, our resurrection, our truest love. Amen. Over the years, I have been known by many words and many titles. When I was a smaller child, and I smiled big, because I always see the smile big, my eyes would narrow and squint. And I got known by my peers in elementary school as China Boy. So for a while, I was China Boy. My brother, who was six years older than I, and wiser about the things of life, called me several things that he knew me as. Pest, brat, but most painful among all the others, because they really didn't bother me. That was my job title, to be a pest. He called me an innocent, because he was assured of the ways of the world, and I knew nothing. Because I was not good at athletics during middle school, and I preferred to be the water boy, I was known as sissy. And later, when I excelled in Bible class, I became known as Goody Two-Shoes. Well, thank goodness for adulthood. And those titles and those ways of being known have been forgotten, or not used, at least publicly. But when I was first ordained, I was known by a great many people by a new moniker, Little Preacher. And so for years, I was Little Preacher. But Little Preacher had a high energy level, so Little Preacher kind of went by the wayside and Energizer Bunny became the word. <laughs> and for years, I held the title of the Energizer Bunny. Well, with time, the batteries have worn down a little, but many still laugh and call me Bunny. Casual acquaintances know me simply as Pastor or Pastor Dana. And as we've been together for two and a half years, I'm sure some of you know me with other titles, which we will not say in public today. You see, being known is important to every person's self-worth. 
Being known is important because it not only affects how one functions in life, but how they often relate to other people. Who are you known as? How do people know you? Are you by your profession a doctor, a lawyer, realtor, parent? How about high schooler, bartender, teacher, nurse? Maybe you're a VP, gay, lesbian, straight, person of color, loner, partier, refuge, freak, or weirdo, teddy bear, angel, demon. What do you believe you are known as? Some people know us, and they make assumptions about us. Sometimes it's a kind assumption and builds us up, while other times the assumptions are mean and cruel and tear us down as individuals. We know ultimately, of course, we are to find comfort in being who we are and who we have been created to be regardless of what others may tell us about ourselves or how they think they know us. I think Shakespeare said it best, to thine own self be true. Wonderful. Too bad that's not scriptural. It's very powerful. But then comes Jesus. Son of God, Son of Man, Savior, Shepherd, Lamb of God, the Christ, known by many names and many titles. He comes and upsets our knowing yet again. Because in today's scripture, Jesus tells us how he wants us to be known. Jesus is getting ready to leave. His ministry with his disciples is fast approaching the last days and even hours. In John's Gospels, these scriptures we read this morning are called the farewell material. It is both the preparation of Jesus' disciples for his coming death, but more so it is the message of the glorified Christ to the whole church, preparing them for life in the world, life that follows his departure. None of the other Gospels deal with the absence of Jesus, which is a crisis for the disciples. And John alone hits it on the head. I find it a God thing, really. A Holy Spirit moment as I read into these scriptures and prepare for my sermons here in the last few weeks. These verses that are the lectionary for our time today parallel that I'm leaving as well. No, it's not to death, thank goodness. Well, I hope not. We'll find out in a few months. But I long to prepare you for a life in the world. I long to help you know and to be known as the church of Jesus Christ, disciples of Christ. I yearn for there to be no crisis, but instead a joy and a drive to be known as the place of love, acceptance, and service the home of Jesus Christ's disciples. While there are many things that you and I can be known for, Jesus narrows it down to one thing. We should be known for, Jesus has a way of saying, this. You see, he does it often. From three, 613 laws, there is one great commandment. From many things that we should do, there is one commission. For so many ways to be known, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. 
Love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you must also love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. No pressure, huh? While there are many things to be known according to the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, at this time for John, the only thing that is on Jesus' heart is that the disciples love one another. It is so much on his heart that he makes this a commandment. He's serious about this. He wasn't joking. He wasn't joshing around. He meant this business. This is done, Dr. Fred Craddock states, in a very loving and a familiar way. The phrase, little children. This is how you talk to those who are part of your family, who you love desperately. This is the family talk, Dr. Craddock says. You don't hear this little children kind of talk in the synoptic gospels, only here in John's gospel. The key to their understanding of what is happening and to their future is their relationship to Christ and to one another. Their relationship to Jesus should inform and determine their relationship to each other. And while we know we are to love the world as Jesus loved the world, this farewell passage is to the disciples. It's not for or to the world. It's to those who were following Jesus. Perhaps the writer of John knows how to love the world, but these specific words are for them. Loving each other. Loving the members of the community of faith. The desired message for Christ followers is to relate to one another in love. True love. If the community, if the church is to survive, my friends, love for one another within the church, within these walls, is essential. We all believe we know what love is. We all desire to be loved. But for Jesus, the knowledge of true love has always gone deeper than our simple understanding. Here in this farewell passage, he is calling his disciples to a new love. A love that is to be on the very same level as his very love for them. Their love for one another must be equal to his love for them. So what was the nature of that love? What is the nature today? According to the writer of John, Love is a matter of telling the truth, being faithful in sharing the word of God, continuing to act for those who may not be responsive, and if need be, yes, if need be, to give one's life away. You see, this love is just not ooey-gooey feeling. It's not something to make you all warm and cozy inside. It takes work. It's hard work. This love is a way of speaking to one another, of doing for one another, and of being for one another. This is why Jesus makes it a command for us. 
for those who long to be known as his disciples. I felt and understood the power of this text in light of what is happening within our own United Methodist Church with this split, this disaffiliation, this whatever word you choose to call it that has happened just this month and really has been ongoing and in the making for a while. As I shared last Sunday, our United Methodist Church knows what I call divorce firsthand and the pain that comes with it. But, but is there still love in Christ's community? How do we speak to those who now disagree with us, who we called siblings in Christ before? What are we doing for one another as we part ways with each other? Can we be still for each other? It may be difficult, but I believe it is possible. I believe we can for our side, for sure, our side of the family. But what about the other side of the family? How will everyone know us? That doesn't bother you? Let me bring it another way. What about with regards to the year's most terrible mass shooting that occurred last evening in Buffalo? How will people know us in regards to the suffering that has happened by the hands of hate, not love? How will we, the disciples of Christ, respond? Not something that bothers you? What about the stripping away of the rights of women for choice and saying they can't decide for themselves? That's not love. That's oppression. And to overturn what we have come to, how do we respond as disciples of Jesus Christ? How will we be known? Oh, I feel the power of this text as the days and hours are flying by. And soon I will not be here any longer. Not that you need me at all to stay in love with Jesus Christ, but that you must continue to love each other. Speaking the truth in love to each other. You must continue to do for one another what others can't do for themselves. To do together for another as a family as fellow strugglers on the way. All that which needs to be done in love and care for the body of Christ that calls themselves St. Mark. You must continue to be there for one another in love, in acceptance, and in service to each other. And then you will have the power to go into the world to do the very same. I hope you know a preacher does not make a church. Jesus makes the church. And that's why the bishop has no authority over appointing Jesus. Jesus is here. Jesus is in the midst of each of us 
ever wanting and willing to die for us, to rise for us, to live for us. Jesus is here doing all things for you. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And to all who are known as His disciples, He gives the water of life. And that water, it's love. The ability to love each other. It's simple then. We should be known as His disciples. Giving the same to each other. And then we'll be able to give to the world. All that love. All that acceptance. All that service. How will we be known? How will St. Mark be known? It starts right here, right now, as we love each other, just as we are. Never doubt that I will love you no matter where I go. And I pray you will do the same, beloved, for each other, all your days. In the name of Almighty God and the resurrected Christ and the Holy Spirit, Amen.